This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is March 29th, 2023. Please tell us your name and the years you're at Hofstra Radio. My name is Justin Paley, and I was at Hofstra Radio from the spring of 2003 uh, through the spring of 2006. Okay. And what shows or programs did you work on at the station? So uh, everyone had to do a bi-weekly uh, engineering slot. So um, I did the Long Island, uh, Long Island show with Eileen Cronin on uh, Saturday afternoons. And it worked out since I was around the station usually anyway uh, for whatever sporting event was going on, um, usually helping out in the studio. So I would uh, engineer for Eileen, and uh, I really enjoyed that. And then I produced the uh, locker room on Sunday nights uh, at 8 p.m., which was the weekly recap of uh, Hofstra Sports. Um, and I did that in uh, 2005. And uh, also did sports updates on uh, Newsline and sports updates on the Hofstra Morning Wake Up Call. And then uh, would sit in and, you know, banter whatever the topic was for the day. And then uh, did um, updates for the uh, sports and play-by-play, pretty much uh, everything that you could do with with sports uh, at the radio station I did. Okay. Sounds like a lot of fun. Did you have any titles or positions at the station? So, yeah, in 2005, I was the uh, assistant sports uh, director. So um, the main duty for that was producing uh, the the locker room, the uh, Sunday night show, um, recapping uh, the Hofstra sports. And um, I really... When, when I started at WRHU, I really didn't think I would uh, want to do um, any management. Um, but Brandon Costa, who um, was going to be the locker room producer, I think he switched his major to education. So he kind of had his plate full with that. So he was, uh, wasn't able to be the assistant sports director. So, um, so along with uh, Josh Harmon for, I think, a semester, we both produced the locker room and then I took over um, in, uh, the spring of, um, uh, 2005 and did it for the rest of the year. Okay. Um, when you were on the air, did you use your own name? Did you have any nicknames or aliases? Yeah, it was always just, uh, my, uh, my name. I was always just, uh, Justin Paley. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, so I have a two part question here and answer it. However, it makes sense to you. But I always want to know what brings people to the radio station to begin with. And then if you could give us a sense of what the station was like, what it looked like, maybe people that you met, uh, what first brought you to the station and what did it look like? So so I grew up in uh, East Meadow, which is maybe 10 minutes from Hofstra. So um, we would come to, I would go with my dad when the Jets practiced there. So mm-hmm. in the uh, mid-90s, you know, we, we would go and... Um, we go and watch the practices. So that's, I guess, how I first became familiar with, with the campus. And then uh, we would go to the after football and men's basketball games in the uh, late 90s when the uh, the current basketball coach, B. Claxton, was playing for basketball. And and both those teams were pretty good. So, you know, we had a lot of fun uh, going to the games. And I guess at some point I found out that Hofstra had a radio station. And I remember listening, listening to the uh, games and in um, – 2000 when the men's basketball team was in the NCAA tournament um the they were again blown out by Oklahoma State so back then it was only on CBS so they would go to whatever game was more exciting so at some point they switched off from the Hofstra game so we still wanted to listen uh so we put on WRHU and I don't remember who was calling it but we listened to you know the end of the uh 
the game, and um, we uh, got a season uh, tickets um, for a couple of years while I was in, in high school. So we go to the games, and I guess I, I would see the students, um, you know, sitting courtside. I knew that they, they broadcast the games, which I thought was really cool since I knew a lot of um, other schools had professionals doing it, but that students were running the radio station and doing the games I thought was was a really cool thing. So um, I guess I kind of knew, I guess at some point in high school that I wanted to um, do sports on the on the radio and stay stay local for college. So um, there was a Hofstra fan uh, message board um, and I, through that, um, I met, uh, Ralph Benarchek, who was the locker room producer at the time. And he would, I, he would post. So I guess at some point he must've sent me a message and in my senior year of high school, I would listen to the locker room and then email him feedback. And, um, I think in the, after the show, he would kind of talk about it or what, what I thought to, to the rest of the, um, the students who worked on the show. And then I think my first time at um, WRHU was on admitted students uh, day in the spring uh, um, year of uh, my high school. Um, so in the spring of 2002, and I remember we, you know, we did the tour and then we, we went to the uh, radio station and they had students giving tours. So I think it was Chris uh, Sabani who gave a tour of the radio station and, you know, showed the different studios and all the equipment and, um, and how you could get the training right away. And um, I had applied to CW Post and Quinnipiac, and we took tours of both. But um, CW Post, it was kind of a, a small, smaller station. And at Quinnipiac, they said you can't even like uh, be on the radio or touch the equipment until your junior year. And mm. that was, you know, a turnoff for me so that I could stay local and go and get on air right away. And you know, this, everything looked like, you know, amazing to me, all the, all the equipment and the, um, so I just thought that would, that would be like a real, you know, a really cool experience. Wow. Well, that's a great introduction. And it's, uh, it's nice that you had a little bit of, uh, familiarity, uh, with the station and the fact that students were working, uh, there at the time. Did you have any, um, because you had seen students broadcasting at the games, did you have any expectations of what, WRHU would look like before you got there? Definitely. I think it, it definitely, I think exceeded my expectations, you know, seeing every, everything and um, probably didn't, you know, understand obviously at the time what all the equipment and how, you know, everything, everything would work, but it seemed that it was, you know, like, you know, state of the art, you know, like new, new equipment and everything like that. Right. Right. So you arrive on campus, you begin matriculation, and I imagine there was a, a, an interview process, or, or how did you get actually started at the station? Yeah, so I, I think you had to you know, submit an application, and then uh, from those applications, they would decide who they want to do interview. So I, I think in the, so early on in uh, the, my freshman year in the fall of uh, 2002, I remember my interview, I think it was uh, Jared Greenberg and Mike Corbett, who were both sports guys, and Ed Ingalls and Bruce Avery. And um, I think I was, I was probably nervous, but I think it, it probably went well. And at least I kind of knew the names, I guess, from listening to the station uh, before and listening to different games. So one of the Saturdays in the fall, um, I think uh, I was invited in to like, observe while they did a, a football broadcast, see what that was in the studio. So then I was told that um, 
that I didn't get into the fall class because they were trying to prioritize out-of-state students. So at the time, I was, you know, disappointed. Um, and um, but I I uh, worked on the um, House of Chronicle uh, that fall, and I was the uh, the beat writer for um, the field hockey team. So I still stayed involved in in sports that way, and so I think occasionally talked to um, the different guys, you know, on the sports staff, and then. In the spring, I can't remember if I had to have another interview or not, but um, they did call and you know and said that I would be in the spring uh, spring training class. Okay, were you um, a communications major? What, what were you concentrating on? Yeah, so it was audio audio radio, and I, I guess because I figured I wanted to go into that. Um, a lot of friends were like broadcast journalism. Looking back, maybe I would have tried tried like you know a little broader spec like broadcast journalism or something, but. The audio radio, you know, still still was interesting and was a lot of fun. Okay. Do you remember anything in particular from the training class or maybe people who were uh, taking the class with you? Uh, did you get any good advice or things that stuck with you? I think the, the thing I'm like, I know a lot of people um, who had, you know, the training class with Bruce is his, I like to sleep nights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he didn't want to be woken at night that there was a, you know, a problem with uh, something, you know, going, going on. So that, that, I think that, that really stuck with me. And I think that uh, he taught the class and um, Ed Ingalls, um, uh, Joel Meyer and uh, Andrew Falzone, I think they were the ones that taught the class. And I think just, you know, was told, to, you know, take it seriously, which I did. And that, you know, it was basically, it was another class just without getting the, you know, the, the three, right. three credits and, so I definitely did and, you know, p- paid attention. And um, I met uh, Pete McCarthy, who would become the sports director, and Mac Rice, who would become the technical sports director um, when I was the assistant sports director. So we were all the same year. So it was nice, like, me- meeting them and um, and just, you know, for- forming friendships with them and, you know, other people who had similar interests as me. So you go through the class, you go through the training, and – I guess there's there's a clearance process to get uh, to get behind the board or to get on the mic. Do you remember anything about that? So I remember with the engineer and that they had the record players and you had to know. I think there was besides the um, the the written, written exam which you had to get in ninety or better on. I think they also had the practical exam for the engineer and because they wanted to make sure that you knew that that part as well. So. Um, I remember they had the record players and I was nervous about that. So Alyssa Boyd, who was in the sports department, I asked her for help before to show me because I wasn't sure where to, you know, like to set the needle. And then I think it was Dave Plotkin that gave the, um, it was either the engineering clearance or the practical exam. Um, and so I was able because of Alyssa's help to, to, you know, pass that part and, the, I think the other stuff, uh, the other engineering um, uh, part wasn't, a, wasn't as uh, bad. Um, but the, the engineering uh, part, um, you know, passed easily. And then the announcing, I don't think it took too long to pass the clearance. I remember, I think it might have been, you had to do a, a, I think a tape, you know, for Ed. And I think I passed, but like he always would work on me with that, that New York accent, you know, to try to... Um, get away from it a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Understood. Um, I, if you don't mind talking a little bit about Ed, I mean, you, you're a local sports fan. You've been going to games. You grew up 
uh, on Long Island. Did you did you know who Ed was when you were at the station? Because I know he didn't advertise a lot, but yeah. people knew that he was in radio. Did you know Be- his history? Before, before I really did, I think maybe before, like my dad might have told me, oh, he was on um, WCBS radio. And so like, he yeah, he never would like, bra- you know, brag about it. But certainly from being on the station, I learned, you know, his history and that he, you know, talked to like uh, Muhammad Ali and, you know, covered Super Bowls and any big sporting event that you could um, think about. But you kind of have to like... Um, You'll talk to him about it. I remember for one of my classes, I did a project and it was about like how he used to broadcast uh, like the baseball games and from the studio and he would have to recreate like certain like things when there was like a rain delay, certain things like like that. So that was really fascinating. I'm glad he like had, you know, agreed um, to that for the, for the project. So it was really interesting to learn, you know, about his history, but he was, he was you know, he was so humble. Mm. Hmm. Sounds like a great guy to uh, to learn from and to be around. Oh, definitely, yeah. So you get a little bit of advice and a little bit of training, and and some folks help you out. You get cleared to be on the air. Do you remember getting either behind the board or on the mic the first time? And if not specifically, do you remember your feelings about getting on the air? I think I was probably eager and um, probably nervous as well. I I think probably after the training class. Maybe for one of the the games or um, or like a newsline in the spring of uh, two thousand three, and then I um I wish I had written down like you know all the all the games uh, that, I had, mm. that I had done because I mean it was maybe close to hundred, but maybe by the spring of two thousand three, maybe there was like we had we also did some of the games like on the uh, FX web channel, so you know, just over the internet. So that might have been my first experience. Like there might have been like a baseball or a softball they might have, you know, let me do. But I'm sure the first time I was, you know, uh, you know, very nervous just just getting on, you know, getting on the air. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. And and I don't know if it occurred to you at the time, but certainly I'm sure in retrospect, you, you probably took a moment and thought, I was out there listening to these games and now I'm running the board or I'm on the air or or you're in it. I mean, you're a, a local guy and, and now you're in it. That must have been a nice feeling. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think probably not the time, but as you know, I, I look back that that's, you know, really cool that like, you know, I was going to the games, I was watching these students courtside calling the games and now i'm the one that maybe someone you know in the stands is watching and will want to uh you know in the future you know join the radio station or something like that very cool um so was there a period of time where you started to feel real comfortable doing the various things whether it's the locker room or engineering games or announcing where, where you felt like okay i've got the hang of this that that i feel comfortable i feel confident I think probably by like around the the summer since being local and that I was um around and uh would be helping out with the locker rooms doing uh anything they needed um and then helping out we would do the uh Empire State Challenge which uh we would nickname the the Boomer Bowl the local um high school um all-star football game that uh Boomer Siasen um ran so I think probably by by maybe towards the middle or the end of the summer I started to feel more comfortable and feel like, um, you know, I belong here and that I got, that I got this. Hmm. Um, just refresh my memory. The Empire State Games, was that at Eisenhower Park? Is that so where that, that was that, or is that? So the Empire State 
state challenge was um, the the uh, high school football game, Long Island versus New York City, but oh, they're similar names, yeah. Yeah. So you've mentioned a number of names of people who were really helpful in getting you started there. Um, I also want to go back and, and talk a little bit about Bruce because, uh, you know, he gives you the speech at the beginning and, you know, I like to sleep at night and the keys to the Starship Enterprise and things yeah. like that. What were your impressions of, of Bruce uh, at the beginning and as you got comfortable at the station? I mean, at the beginning, probably like other people, probably like a little nervous, you know, being being around just because he gave us that, just authority figure and that, you know, like maybe even where we're like, Ed, Ed would be like, I guess sort of maybe more friendly or like more of the, you know, the friend, maybe like a good cop, bad cop sort of situation. Uh-huh. So, you know, not that I really, you know, got, got in trouble or anything with, with Bruce, but I think at the beginning it was definitely like a little nervous. And then as time got on, you saw he was, you know, doing his best to, to help out the students and that, you know, he was, um, you know, and more friendly and, you know, just had to kind of like talk to him and that, you know, he, he wasn't going to bite your hand off. Right. Right. So he came off a little intimidating at first, but then, yes, then yeah. you see he's an educator and he's an advocate and. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he was doing, you know, he would stand up for, you know, for everyone. Right. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned not getting into the, the fall training class, but you got in the spring class and then you were very active in the summer being local and, and doing a lot of things like that. Um, did you feel comfortable socially at the station? I know you mentioned working for the Chronicle and covering some sports. Did you feel like you fit into the crowd or was there a moment or time or a group of people that you really felt you were clicking with? Yeah, I, I think that I think that because I kind of knew, although I don't think um, my time with Ralph Benarchik, we crossed paths too much, but Andrew Cohen, who's one of my uh, good friends, and he was um, on in the, uh, he graduated in the um, uh, spring of 2003, but I think I had met him through that Hofstra Fan Festival too, so I was familiar with, with him, so um, definitely uh, him, and then I think kind of every everyone with the sports, and also the non, non-sports pe- people as well, the people around, you know, my, uh, my years, um, that everyone kind of, you know, clicked and it was just a nice social experience. Like in between classes, I would kind of go to the radio station, would hang out in the conference room. People, you know, would come in, you know, just talk about whatever, whatever is going on. So um, that was WRQ really was where, you know, I, I fit in, you know, the most uh, socially. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, how did you get into engineering for uh, the Irish show? How did that come about? I, I think it was just because you had to um, pick a slot. And I figured the, the weekends would, because I was going to be around anyway, would be um, a good opportunity. And I heard that Eileen was, you know, like a sweetheart and so nice, which she, which she definitely was. So I think I just decided that I would... Um, do, do that, or you could have done like um, if you were combo cleared, you know, then your engineering slot could have been the same thing as you were hosting a show. And um, I had talked about um, with, I think the um, one of the um, music producers like doing uh, doing like a tape for the Rock and Roll Oasis, but I just never got around to it. So like I couldn't um, host that show. So I decided to stick with the um, the engineer and the the Long Island show mm-hmm. and, and the, that, the, you know, that, that worked out. 
Okay. Were there, um, I, they must have been very different worlds doing the Long Ireland show and then doing a sports broadcast or uh, doing the locker room uh, conversation. They must have felt very different or were they similar? What, what, what did you think? I would say it's different just because, you know, Eileen, it's the, I wasn't used to, I probably never listened to that type of, you know, the, that, um, that Irish, I guess, Irish folk music before. So it was, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely different. But, you know, she, I think the similarity is that she had like people who had been listening for before she took over the, the show and had been listening, you know, um, for years and years. And she had her loyal listeners would call in. And, um, you know, we, we had people, um, although we didn't really, you know, um, take calls, you know, since it was live, but certainly like people that uh, locals or whatever that, that listen. So, you know, both definitely had their, their loyal, you know, loyal listeners. Hmm. Hmm. Very cool. Um, with the benefit of hindsight, we can look back at these things and, and, and think about the people that were helpful to us and, and the experiences that we enjoyed. But I'm going to ask you to go back, uh, if you can, to joining the station as a freshman, having listened, having had some experience uh, uh, knowing about Hofstra Radio. But when you joined, what did you what did you hope the station would be? I think, well, definitely a, a plan uh, to, to make friends, um, you know, and, and, and um, you know, people with similar interests. And that's definitely what it, you know, uh, did become. And I think also a place to get that, um, you know, on-air experience and also the engineering uh, experience. And I guess thought maybe at some point, you know, will lead to, you know, a job uh, after college in sports, which, you know, uh, didn't work out that way, but certainly the experience was was amazing, and certainly you know no regrets about the time uh, at WRHU. Mm. It sounds like it became a big part of your life once you got into the station. Yeah, I mean, it was you know because the, I mean, every weekend you know was basically spent there. You know, mm. either only a game or or um, tra- traveling. We got to um, you know like you know, you, you kind of pay your dues. So you start by, you know, engineering and doing updates and doing panel for the games. And then, you know, once the sports management sees that um, you're progressing and show initiative, you get to, you know, call games. And so, um, you know, we would get to travel with the teams. And uh, so I get to go uh, Virginia a bunch of times, Georgia, and it was just a nice experience. And, the, you know, everyone on the teams too, the coaches, the players just, treat us, you know, with, with respect and, um, appreciate, I think that we were broadcasting the games, you know, and, um, and it was just, just, just a fun experience. Mm. Sounds great. So, so after graduation, did you, did you keep going to games at Hofstra? Yeah. So I, and I, I still do, do now. So I would still go, um, the, the year after I graduated, I kind of, that was, I call like my year as like a fan for men's basketball. There was, um, one of my uh, friends who wasn't on the radio station, he was still a student, so I would meet him. And um, we would have to get there like an hour early just to get like seats in the student section. We like sitting like a couple rows up and everyone would stand. It was like the students uh, really were all into the game. The, the men's basketball team was playing really well. So um, we would go, uh, definitely men's basketball. I would go to football and, um, and uh I, you know, still now I go, I meet, uh, Andrew Cohen a lot. We'll go to, uh, soccer. Um, I have, uh, season tickets for the men's basketball. So 
basically we go to almost all the sports now, you know, now as much as we can. That's fantastic. Um, well, Justin, this has been a, a lot of fun, and I'm really grateful that you took the time to share your stories with uh, with us. Um, I'm working on some more questions, and I hope you have some more stories to share, and we can do this again sometime. Oh, definitely. I really enjoyed this, and just want to thank you, you know, for doing this project. I've enjoyed listening to you know all the interviews so far.